Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cash Conversations, a cover podcast for accountants who want to get thrifty with their personal finances. I'm your host, Gabriel Nussbaum, and today we're gonna to be diving into what is probably the biggest cause of anxiety for most people when it comes to their finances, and that is debt. And I'm not in the studio alone, I'm joined by two experts on the subject. So let's start off with Paul Day. Hello everyone. And Paul Day is a financial well-being expert from CABA, the occupational charity for chartered accountants. And sat right next to him is Tim Paul. Hello. He is an accountant and also a financial expert who is helping hundreds of thousands of people get better with their personal finances through his TikTok videos. Nice to have you both. Thank you for having us. Nice to be here. Yeah. Should we dive in? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right, straight into the episode. <laughs> So as most of us here in the UK are fully aware of, interest rates have been skyrocketing. They're going up pretty much every month on month. So I want to come straight to you on this one, Tim. When looking at what young people are facing at the moment, the challenges, the cost of living, how are these impacting their levels of debt? Yeah, it's, well, I mean, with, with inflation specifically, like the past, almost 50 years it's the highest it's ever been so there's never been a more challenging time to be a young person going out into the world for the first time you know in your career and living on your own paying your rent your bills there's there's so much to think so with inflation specifically it obviously affects everything rent your bills your food your leisure your gym like my phone bill has gone up by five pounds a month i'm not going to say who (laughs) (laughs) but um it's it's just so it's so difficult because obviously it, it lowers your disposable income and there's so much to have to think about um, and then you've got obviously the interest rates as well which you know it doesn't only affect homeowners because you've got like landlords who are obviously renting out their properties their mortgages are going up as well they then pass that cost on to their tenants you know I was speaking to someone recently and I think that they were saying that their rent their landlord tried to up their rent by 500 pounds a month in one go so they were like yeah see you later we'll find somewhere else. <laughs> It's just it's just crazy. So there's there's that to think about as well. Um, and I think one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is like the effects of, of Brexit. You know, I saw that LSE did some research. Apparently, I think it's six billion pounds. Like it's cost UK households in food prices and because of like imports and, and tariffs on trade goods and stuff. And that's since since 2020. So there's that there's that added added effect as well. Um, I think. You also have to look at internal factors as well. So, I, I I mean, obviously one of the reasons I got into doing what I do is because I feel like school doesn't equip you with the financial literacy and the understanding of how to manage your money. You know, what is a credit card? What does APR mean? What does it stand for? How do you build a credit score? And all these different things around like managing debt, getting into debt, the good kinds of debt and the bad kinds of debt, which obviously we'll, we'll get, we'll get onto. Um, so I think, that has a massive impact because when all these external factors are, are hitting you, a lot of people don't understand why interest rates going up to 5% actually impacts them and how it impacts them. Do you want to finance a car when you want to buy a house in the future? How much is that going to cost you? You know, your overdraft, you know, the good ones to get, you know, there's there's plenty on the market that have like 0% overdraft for like a year, but people don't realize that they just go with whatever. And then, you know, there's always lots of hidden fees in there. That, that people don't think about. Um, and then another thing is like representative APR, which I see a lot, like when credit card companies kind of advertise 
their, their credit cards, they see representative APR of X percent. And what that actually means is they'll give a set of assumptions and take your average person and they apply the rate that they would get. But that's not necessarily the rate that you or I or anyone else would get. So you have to be very, very careful when it comes to you know, looking at those cards because the rate that you think you're getting might not actually be the one that you are getting. And they're not necessarily going to be super transparent about, you know, what you're actually getting. It tends to be up to you to kind of figure that out. So, yeah, I think that was such an important point you just said that a lot of these advertisements when you're looking to get products, even like you said, with financing cars, mm. you see all these flashy adverts, 0% APR. Mm. You never look at that little asterisk that's like, it's for this person yes. only in yeah. these circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So you always have to dive into that a little bit deeper, see what the actual one is that you're getting mm. before you go down those, those routes. I mean, I think the key thing that I just took from you, Tim, was just how overwhelming things are at the moment, especially for young people, like you said, with little to no education, mm. diving into the world, having all of these compounding effects, mm. hitting them at the same time. I think even for myself and, and you who talk about this topic on a regular basis, even we can find ourselves overwhelmed so all the much. time. I'm, I'm always doing research, trying to figure out, like if I get a question from someone in a DM, a lot of the time I'd be like, you know, that is a good question how does that work? So I'll go and figure out for myself, you know, nobody has all the answers, yeah. least of not me. So I think it's, there's just so many, there's so much to consider. And I would also say that like the, the society that we're in now with, with social media as well, I feel like it creates that kind of stigma around debt of like, it's not cool to be in debt. It's cool to be flashy and show off your best life because a lot of people do that on, on social media. And I think, that not enough gets said about like kind of the wave that we've we've come in the past 10 years of like just not talking about the conversation, not having the conversations that really matter. I know that you do that a lot with your content, you know, being transparent about salaries, you know, asking your parents, you know, how much do they earn? How do they manage their bills? Because who else are you going to ask? You know, no, these are these are such brilliant points. And I think I want to come to you, Paul, now, because Clearly, there's a lot going on. Young people are overwhelmed and debt, le debt levels seem to be rising. From someone that works at CABA, you're on the other end of the phone to chartered accountants, calling in, asking for help. Is this actually coming across in terms of real life effects? Are you seeing more and more young people looking for help compared to, let's say, previous generations or even compared to the past 10 years? Absolutely. Let me give you a really good stat for that, actually, because I'm sure we like a good stat on the Cash Conversation podcast. But before I do, if I just give a little bit of context to that. So at CABA, we are supporting chartered accountants with their mental well-being and their financial well-being. And one of the ways in which we do that is our debt support service. So we support people right the way through the debt journey, whether it's someone who's gone into their overdraft and a little bit worried all the way through to the real sharp end where it might be a bankruptcy, it might be a mortgage repossession, it might be bailiffs. So I've had the, the wonderful privilege of working for CABA for over 10 years doing this service. And from the conversation we've had, I also felt a bit of a scene change recently and that the people that we were seeing contacting us had sort of shifted a little bit. So I did a little bit of digging and I've, I've done uh, a bit of research on the stats and the stat that I've got for you compared to 10 years ago, 2013, when I was first starting out at CABA, the number of young people, so that's people under the age of 35 coming to us for that debt support has more than doubled. It's nearly two and a half times as much. And I think that just perfectly illustrates everything we've just said about the challenges and the pressures 
And I think some of the unprecedented situations, wider global events that have affected the lives of young people. I mean, it's both worrying to hear that those numbers are going up, but at the same time, we're hoping that that means more young people are willing to actually go out and seek help, which I think is just as important to understand from that statistic. Clearly there are higher volumes, but hopefully those higher volumes are translating towards higher action. And off the back of what you just spoke about, I think one really good conversation point for listeners and what they wanna know about is they might've heard the terms good debt and bad debt. And I think this is something really important to talk about. Obviously in an ideal world, we'll all be living completely debt free, but Paul, are you happy to start talking about, you know, some potential points in your life where you may want to actually take on some debt mm. for positive impacts in your life, rather than thinking that you shouldn't, you should avoid, you know, going down that route because you've always heard that debt is a bad thing. Absolutely, I think I would be very reluctant, even as uh, you know a long-standing debt advisor, to just broadly, you know, brush all debt as a bad thing, particularly because you know we will have listeners who have debt. And I wouldn't want anybody to feel you know, belittled or small for their choices. I actually think credit and borrowing has a really important part to play in any healthy functioning economy and society. What I do think, though, I think it's really, really difficult to categorise debt as, as good debt and bad debt, because I think it depends. You know, I could say to you, oh, mortgages are good, credit cards are bad. Well, actually, there are some less than optimal mortgage products and there are some really suitable um, credit card products, I think it very much depends on your circumstances. So if you if you consider, let's say, a credit card with a relatively low limit and quite a high APR, you might be thinking, well, that doesn't sound like a very good product at all. But what I've just described to you is a credit builder credit card for someone who has perhaps a low rate of credit, perhaps someone who's just starting out, trying to build up that credit footprint so they can start working towards a mortgage or something like that. Whereas, you know, let's say, Tim, you wanted to buy a large one-off purchase like a sofa, let's say, and spread the cost over the year, that product is really not going to be suitable to you. So it may be a bit of a, um, almost a sitting on the fence answer, but it really, really does depend on you, your situation and your goals, what you're looking to achieve by taking out this borrowing. I don't think that it's ever a bad thing to say it's a sitting on the fence answer because I think when it comes to finances, and there's a reason why it's called personal finances, right? Finances are so personal to you, your situations, and I suppose your objectives and your goals. So the different types of debt, whether they are good or bad, are going to shift dramatically on who you are, what stage you're at in your life, and I suppose what you're trying to do with that debt. So I think it's good that you, you said that. Um, and I suppose it's for people to start to understand those things through listening to conversations like this, where they can actually start to realize, okay, let me actually look into where I can actually take debt and make it a positive impact. One thing that I do want to move on to finally in this segment is looking a bit more at mental well-being and its link to debt. So Paul, you are the financial well-being expert. Um, so I want to see, or from your experience again, how do the two relate to each other? How does your mental well-being and things like debt and your personal finances, how do those two worlds collide? They are intrinsically linked. You cannot separate the two. I would say that from my experience of working with hundreds of people in this position, being in debt is being under pressure. 
it's constant. You can't escape it. If you've got a, a text message or a letter comes through the door or even a knock on the door, it sets you on edge. What could that be? What's happened now? And you see it as well. It, people start to, I suppose, fray at the edges. It spills over into their professional lives. It spills over into their personal and family relationships as well. It really can cause some, some strain and some pressure on people. And I think with that, the really important thing to note is just to get help, both with the debt, but also not to um, ignore the mental health as well. So at CABA, obviously, we've already talked about our debt support service. We also do have mental health services as well, including counselling um, for people to access if they're feeling this stress, if they're feeling this pressure. We also have some really great um, content and guides. So we've just produced a great blog on financial anxiety, just anxiety specifically created by this pressure, by this worry and this fear. So we're now going to dive into a WhatsApp that has been sent in by a real person who is using Cabba's uh, facilities to help out. And we're gonna run through a little scenario that, that she's in and hopefully share some wisdom, some knowledge and some advice. So here's the text. Hello, I'm Emma and I'm 22 years old. I live in London and I'm in my first job in accounting. Lately, life has been more challenging than I expected. Despite having financial expertise from my career and finding myself grappling with a lot of debt, especially having come out from university in my overdraft significantly and then trying to stay afloat in London. The rising prices in everything, like food and rent and bills, has really thrown me, and I don't really feel like I've planned very well for it. It's like no matter how carefully I budget, there's always something unexpectedly cropping up, or I haven't got my numbers right when looking to pay off my debts. My overdraft is a constant strain, and I've just been told the limit I have is going down again from £2,000 to £1,000. The pressure of trying to manage my finances whilst keeping up appearances at work and with friends seems to be pushing on my mental health. I regularly struggle to sleep because I'm worried and overthinking everything, but then it's like I forget all about my financial issues when social plans come up and I can't say no because I want to have a good time to feel better. I've tried to cut down on unnecessary spending where I can, but it seems like it's never enough. I find myself stuck in a cycle of borrowing to make ends meet and then struggling to pay off those high interest debts. Previously, my pride has held me back from seeking help but I feel like I could really do with some advice on what to do next. I've always been the person that people turn to for financial advice and admitting that I'm struggling with debts feels embarrassing. I want to regain control of my finances and find a way to tackle this debt and my mental health. Thank you for taking the time to read through my situation. I'd really appreciate any thoughts or advice. So who am I gonna pick on first? I'm gonna to come to you, come, Tim. Come to me, yeah. So that was quite lengthy. She's gone into quite a lot of things from trying to keep up, living in London, Absolutely. social pressures, yeah. mental health pressures. Can you tackle any of those and just give some tips and advice? Yeah. So I guess we'll start with the kind of just managing your your your, your money and your finances in general. I think the first thing I would say is adopting good habits. So or it's 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 never easy, especially when you obviously start with the debt cycle, but writing down everything that is going out of your bank account in a month. So I saw recently someone say, you need to work out how much it costs to be you. And that's so true. You need to figure out exactly what's gonna come out and where it's gonna go. And one of the easiest ways to do that, if you can't do it yourself, is download a money management app. There's always gonna be something here or there that you can cut back on. And if, if there isn't, then at least you can see, okay, this is the, this is the picture, this is the full picture this is all my expenses and now I need to make a plan to start managing it, you know, day by day. And I think it's it's never an easy thing to do, uh, but 
you know, just starting starting the budget and and making you know progress as you go is is really all that y you can do. And obviously seeking advice when it comes to the debt side of things. You know, if it comes to you know professionals who can like negotiate with with your creditors and help you kind of maybe switch to like a cheaper interest rate or a lower interest rate on like a balance transfer or something like that. There's always things that you can do. Um, but yeah, seeking help obviously as Emma's done is, is really the first step. Um, if you can't obviously manage it all on your own. No, some really, really good tips. Uh, I think that what you mentioned about Emma taking that first step, mm. realizing that there's a problem and actually being willing to, to go out and ask for help. I think that's a massive hurdle to cross. It's really hard to admit that things are going mm. wrong, especially when you feel like you're the only one experiencing yes, that yes. problem. And I think it's so important, firstly, to say to both Emma and to anyone else listening that this is such a common so problem cool. yeah. that people don't talk about. So you're gonna feel alone, but there are solutions out there because people have got over the exact same scenarios that you're in. The other thing I wanted to pick up from you was that idea of budgeting and writing down exactly how much it costs to be you. I did this personally, I've done this and I've written down, I tracked my spending for a few months actually uh, using, I went for a spreadsheet, yeah. but you said there are apps that can do it for you. Yeah. And it's weird to actually say this because there's not, it doesn't sound like there's a, <laughs> too much logic behind it, but by knowing how much I was spending month after month, my spending naturally decreased. Now I don't know if that's because I felt like <laughs> I was gonna judge myself next month <laughs> all of a sudden and I was gonna be like, I know what you're spending yeah. on now. Um, because you'd be surprised how many people know how much exactly to the penny they're gonna earn every month, but they have no idea where it goes every single month. So doing something like that, maybe I was a one-off, but it did knock off at least a hundred pounds from my monthly spending, just from being aware of it. Mm -hmm. So both, oh, I mean, all the points you shared were brilliant. Paul, over to you uh, as a cabot expert, what advice would you have for Emma? Yeah, I just wanted to jump in on that last point we made just about the courage it will have taken Emma to send that text. We know it's it's really, really difficult for people to make that first contact. When I first speak to people, one of the first things they say to me is, oh, you must think I'm so stupid, mustn't you? Absolutely no. And it, it breaks my heart to hear it because being in this position is awful enough without putting additional pressure on yourself. And I think with with... What I got across from Emma's message is I think the pressures of being an accountant as well. Because I think so many accountants will, you know, if they try to talk to their friends, might just hear some pushback saying, well, you're an accountant. What have you got to, to moan about? I'm sure, Tim, you, you probably get that from, from friends if you tried to, to talk about uh, money with them. So I think it, it is an important step to, to take and it's not an easy one. So I think we, we can acknowledge that it's a really, really good thing that she's done that. Um, in terms of managing the debt itself, a lot of people, when they come to us, um, automatically jump to the worst scenario in their head, which is, oh, I've got to go bankrupt, which, as we know for an accountant, does have significant impacts on their, on their career. And I think that fear can often prevent people from coming forwards because it's, it's not news they want to hear. And the advice I always say to people is, it's likely you've got options. Bankruptcy is not typically number one on the list for options that we would we would instantly jump to. We would explore plenty of other solutions, including debt consolidation, including negotiation with creditors, including, as Tim touched upon, is there any way in which we can either reduce your expenditure or in the options for increasing your income as well to balance it out? 
And the other thing that really came through with Emma's message across to us was just the toll that this seems to be taking on her and taking on her mental health. And I think that's it's really important not to neglect that as well, because that is the pressure that she's under. That is going to do some damage to her in the long term. And it's just to say to her, you're not alone. There are so many people going through this and there is support out there. There is support from CABA in the form of mental health support, counselling, online articles and guides. It's all there. It's there for you to use. It's all confidential. Please make a use of it. I think one thing that you mentioned that I just want to repeat is that word options. Often you think that if you haven't figured out how to get out of debt, there must be no other way. But there, there's a reason why there are experts in this topic that will know solutions that you haven't even thought of. There could be a quick fix to a lot of your problems that you just haven't noticed, which is why I think that idea of reaching out is so important. Just to give another perspective on what's going on, because right now it sounds like Emma is the only one looking into what's going on. She's the only person with a real view of what's trying to of what's happening and is the only one trying to solve it. Adding in a second perspective, a second opinion, especially from someone who's an expert, is, is really key. And I think one thing I want to draw off on the back of this, um, another question for you, Paul, is looking at your overall financial health and your personal finances. So debt is one arm. It's one section of your personal finances, the things that you interact with on a day-to-day -day when it comes to your money. But I'd love to know, how can you manage your overall personal finances and the stress related to those whilst also simultaneously dealing with debt? It's, it's, I would liken this to spinning plates. And it's a phrase that many of the people who've come to us for support have said. There's just so many different things going on. My income, my expenditure, my debts, I'm trying to um, have, hold down a full-time job. And particularly for these younger trainee accountants, I've got to study on top of this as well. And we, we heard this from Emma, you know, how can I maintain that active social life that I've got and find time to enjoy myself and find the resources to do so? And what I would say is I think it's just so important to find the right time and the right space to really sit down and have a look at your financial position, both in terms of where you are now, really having a good forensic look at your expenditure, what's going out, um, looking over bank statements or using a tracking app, as we've said. But then I think as well, you need to consider what are my goals here? What do I want to achieve? Is it a case of having um, just being able to have a nice time out with your friends or saving for a holiday? Or are you looking at something longer term, such as saving for your first property um, or beyond that even? And I think when, when you start to have a plan, I think it's a lot easier then um, to start really filling in the details of the practicalities of how you're going to get there. And particularly as well with, with something like um, debt added to the equation, that pressure that we spoke about that people are under. I just echo what you said, Gabriel, about um, people being able to reach out to experts. So for example, at CABA, we are able to negotiate on people's behalf with creditors, which we know is something that is really, really frightening to a lot of people, the prospect of reaching out to that bank. And actually, interestingly, once we've done that, help people get over that initial hurdle, they pick it up themselves. They feel a lot more confident and able to do so once you've just removed that little bit of pressure. And that's where we want everyone to be. So another aspect of what Emma spoke about was the toll on her health. 
it was very clear that she was looking for actual practical piece of advice. But you said that Cabba, the other aspect of Cabba is your mental health and mental mm. well-being support. So debt, like you mentioned, in, uh, brings pressure. And with pressure, you're gonna have a lot of people that have anxiety, depression. Um, I know those aren't words to throw around, li throw around lightly, mm. but at the same time, they are things that we need to be fully aware are linked to debt. So what would you say to someone who is suffering from, let's say, anxiety or depression uh, when it comes to how they could go about, you know, starting to resolve that debt problem whilst also having that mental health problem at the same time? Definitely. I think it can be really, really overwhelming trying to fight fires on so many different fronts. And I think it's it's quite a time consuming thing trying to track and manage your money as well as track and manage your mental health. It's gonna be a bit of a cliche, but with mental health and mental health recovery, it is a bit of a journey. There's no magic bullet, there's no instant quick fix. It will take some time, but there is help and support out there for you. Certainly CABA is an organization that really wants to help people, but there are others too. And I think as well, even having the conversations with you know, friends, family, people that support you. I think mental health has become something that we're all very keenly aware of. We've all experienced pressures and stresses. And I think the people that care about you will, will relate to that and want to support you um, in that. But overall, what I would say is, I think it's just so important um, to focus on yourself, to look after yourself you are far more important than any bank than any credit card company you come first yeah i would add in on that point in focusing on yourself is not comparing yourself to anyone else's situation it's like especially in emma's case you know if she sees her friends going out she might feel you know i i also want to do that or you know if they're able to do that i should be seen to be able to do the same things that shouldn't be the case because everyone's got, you know, individual problems and they might also be in a similar situation or in, you know, similar financial struggles and not wanting to speak about it. So it's, it is always important, as Paul said, to just focus on your own situation. And it also, you know, to to put not to put it bluntly, but, there, you know, there is no magic bullets to this kind of thing. It does require sacrifice. So in, in Emma's case, not going out on certain occasions having to miss it or doing something that doesn't require spending money uh you know that's really probably the best way to start kind of getting back some some income to then put towards tackling obviously the debt the income expenses that she's got so yeah i think you've both raised some brilliant points from everything we've said the key things really are there are options out there and I think the one thing that anyone listening to this probably should understand is that you've taken the first step even by listening to a podcast like this. You're hearing conversations about debt. You've already heard a real person talk about their real circumstances. Hopefully that encourages you um, listening to this. If you have anything from a minor problem all the way up to you know something that you think could never get resolved in a million years, the key, the key is to understand that there are people out there going through the same things and you know, with a bit of perseverance, with hard work, with effort, there are ways to get over that hurdle and to get to the other side of it. And I think that the two real key learnings that I wanna share off of listening to both of your brilliant advice and expertise is number one, going and finding help is a massive step. I understand it's a hurdle, 
personal finances in the UK in particular are a massive taboo. People do not want to talk about this stuff. I don't know what it is to do with our culture. Maybe it's the fact that we don't like to look at each other on the train. We like to keep our eyes down. It's just the way that we've been brought up. Um, so talking to anyone, even if it's just opening up to a friend, a family member uh, who can guide you and help you in the right direction, and even more importantly, to an expert, for example, at an organization like Haba, that is a massive first step that you can take. And the second thing on the flip side is to start taking it seriously now. And that means, you know, let's not start adding to that debt at this point in our lives. Let's start to reduce things. I understand there are social pressures, but things like lifestyle inflation are terms that aren't just a term, it's things that actually happen. You see what's going on on social media and you wanna get that next new shiny thing. You earn a little bit more money and you think you can afford a little bit more. These are two really big steps, looking and speaking to people. And number two, managing where you are now, not increasing your debt levels so that when you do go and ask for help, we can start chipping away at the problem rather than chipping away at a problem whilst pouring more oil onto the fire. So I think those are really two key takeaways. And I suppose, again, if you're listening to this, you've taken that first step. Uh, let's go a little bit more lighthearted in this section. So we've had a few questions come in quick fire questions quick. that I'm gonna throw at each of you. So give it your best shot. Let's share some general tips to, to the audience listening. Question number one, Tim, when should you take out a credit card? Firstly, obviously you have to be 18. Uh, secondly, I would say when you know that you can afford to pay it off in full at the end of each month, because that is gonna improve your credit score, which is gonna help you down the, down the line later on when it comes to getting a, you know, getting a, a car, for example, on finance or mortgages and taking out any type of personal loan is gonna help. So I would just make sure that to avoid the debt cycle, you can afford to pay it off in full. Paul, over to you. How much debt is too much debt? I don't think there's a magic number with that. What I would say is, are you using debt to cover your essential day-to-day -day living costs? Do you have a plan for how you're going to manage and mitigate that debt and how you're going to cover it in the long term? Feel like all the listeners wanted a number there but <laughs> that's the more mature answer uh paul i'm gonna hit you again with this one will i lose points if i inquire about my credit score no you won't so with credit scores you have what's called a soft search and a hard search so a soft search is when you carry out a credit check on yourself or when you're doing something like a price comparison or product checker where it's just a soft search it does not appear on your credit score now if you are actually applying for credit that's when you have what's called a hard search and that will appear on your credit report and that might have a negative impact on your credit score. And what I would also say, if anyone's interested in this topic, we actually do have a brand new article on the CABA website, which is credit scores for beginners. So have a check out that as well. I think I'm gonna read that straight after this <laughs> podcast. <Same. laughs> Tim, back to you. What happens to your debt when you pass away? So in the UK, there is no debt inheritance for someone else's debt. So when someone passes away, their debt will go towards coming off of their estate. Now your estate is essentially all your assets and cash left behind, obviously when you, when you die. So it will get deducted from that, but no like family members or you know partners will directly have to inherit your debt and then pay it off. And final question, Paul, back to you. What other organizations can listeners visit to seek help for debt related mental health? We would always tell people to speak to their GP in the first instance because there are some good NHS programs for that. But we appreciate it's not always necessarily quick and easy to access that. So there are some 
really wonderful mental health charities and organisations such as Mind, such as the Samaritans, that do have helplines where you can speak to people quite quickly. Amazing. I feel like five questions have massively <laughs> upped my level of knowledge on this topic already. So thanks to the experts. No worries. So now that we're coming towards the end of this episode, I think it's really important to reiterate that debt does not define who you are. Instead, what it should be doing is allowing you to acknowledge that there is a problem, there is a challenge ahead of you, and that hopefully you can now realize that you can start to take the first action and work towards a brighter financial future for yourself. And if you found this episode helpful, remember to subscribe to the Cash Conversations podcast for more valuable insights on achieving your financial freedom. Share this with anyone who you think might benefit from understanding more about debt. And lastly, thank you for joining me, the expert. And remember, no matter where you are in your financial journey, it's never too late to start taking that first step towards freeing yourself from debt.